0: Okay, we're going to um, continue our study here, um, Christianity 101, and our topic tonight is uh, twofold, really, uh, maybe three, depends on how, how, we, uh, how we do it here, but, but justification and sanctification, all right? Justification and sanctification, maybe a few words about glorification also. We'll see how it goes. Um, I want to start, if you would, turn to Romans chapter eight. We're going to look at the latter part of <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 to start with. Justification and sanctification. So we're talking about being justified and being sanctified. Um, and just, you know, we just go over some passages and kind of consider what the meanings of those words are. And I want to start here, though, because we had talked... Uh, uh, about the golden chain of salvation here. Um, so let's go back to um, romans eight twenty eight romans eight twenty eight and some of these things here we've already discussed, and uh, but I wanted to uh, again come back here just to kick us off. romans eight twenty eight and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. So we talked um, last week about... um, Predestination, and we talk about the, the calling that that Paul uh, mentions here, and um, uh, specifically in verse in verse twenty nine is where he lays out what's what is come to be called the golden chain, and uh, it's called that because you've got you've got several um, truths mentioned here that have to do with uh, the order of salvation um, that are like links in a chain. You know, they're they're connected. In fact, I think the way that Paul is, uh, has uh, laid them out here um, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, I think is, uh, is the chronological order, if you will, or the logical order. Um, so here, here it is in verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. So again, we talked about that previously, but uh, God kn- knew, knew us before the foundation of the world. Um, he, he chose us, Paul says in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world. So those whom He foreknew, He predestined. So the idea again there is that He had uh, intimate knowledge of us or, or bestowed His love upon us beforehand. That is, before we were, before the world was. And He marked us out, predetermined, pre- predestined um, those whom He um, whom he foreknew, to be conformed to the image of his son. So, so the first. So, so here are some of the links in the, the chain here: foreknew, predestined, conformed, um, and then he goes on, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. So you, so you've got um, foreknew, predestined, called. Um, and we've, we've talked about that, um, just the, the effective calling. That is, God, in, in time, He calls us to Himself um, and uh, brings us to salvation through faith in Christ. So those whom He predestined, He called. It's another link. And those whom He called, He also justified. Another link in the chain. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. The final link in the chain. So it starts with being foreknown; those whom he foreknew, he predestined; those whom he predestined, he called; those whom he called, he justified; those whom he justified, he glorified. And there's the, the golden chain of salvation, the order of salvation, um, and that's the, um, that's true of every believer. And and uh, as I was we mentioned before, the, the you know the fascinating thing, the awesome thing is that it. It takes you from beginning all the way to end, or goal, end, to end in terms of goal, because there really is no end time-wise. We, we live forever with the Lord. But from beginning to end, so in uh, what we tend to refer to as eternity past, you know, somewhere back there that, that God um, foreknew and predestined us, it takes, it takes us all the way from there out to eternity future and glorification. So those whom he foreknew, he predestined; those whom he predestined, he called; those whom he called, he justified; and those whom he justified, he glorified. Now, as I said tonight, um, I want to primarily focus on um, justification and sanctification. <clears throat> is is sanctification, and we'll talk about what it is in a little bit here. But but is it in the chain? Did Paul leave that out of the chain here? Because <laughs> doesn't say doesn't say. For new, predestined, called, justified, sanctified, glorified it doesn't say that, does it? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's there. It's there. Praise the Lord. And that and that is that's going to be our our description uh, pretty much of sanctification, um, conforming, being conformed to the image of Christ. So so we have it. We have it right here, um, again in verse. Uh, Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So there's the sanctification, and then, of course, justification is explicitly mentioned. Those whom he justified, uh, he also glorified. All right, so let's go back to justification, and we'll kind of probably kind of compare them as we go through, because a lot of times they do get the the two... um, the term i'm looking for the two the two the two uh uh events or or processes you know they get they get mixed up here uh, a lot of times so so just what is what does it mean to be justified or what is it um what does justification mean well and i mentioned a little bit about this last week but it it is a uh a a legal declaration for one thing so and i, I I talked about this just a little last week, but it, it let me say it this way: It is justification is something declared about us. It's it's not something God does to us or in us. It's not it's not something internal. It's something totally outside of us that God declares about us. It is a legal declaration um, about us. What what does it mean essentially? God declares us just. What does that mean? Just as if I never sinned. There, there you go. That's a commonly commonly used way to remember it, right? Just as if I never sinned. So it means the guilt is taken away, right? He he declares us just. So so uh, you know if you think about it, a, a legal declaration. You think of a judge. This almost happened yesterday. I mean I mean very similar, <laughs> basically. Yesterday in uh, in Louisiana, um, Judge Emanuel up here in Shreveport. Um, I was trying to remember the term they used. It, uh, I had not heard it before. Vacated, Va- vacated the sentence of this uh, this guy who's been on death row in Angola for thirty years, named Glenn Ford, not the actor Glenn Ford, but <clears throat> um, another Glenn Ford. But he was accused of committing a murder in 1983 and convicted. And convicted, and he's been on death row in, in Angola State Prison all these years. And, and uh, some new, uh, it's hard to imagine what could come up, but some, apparently some new information or evidence surfaced. And so yesterday Judge Emanuel up here in, in Shreveport um, vacated the sentence. And, so, and he was turned loose immediately, and they let him go yesterday afternoon. After 30 years of incarceration, amazing. So I mean, that's you know just similar. It's almost like you know, the judge saying not guilty. So then what happens? Well, they had to turn him loose because before he was convicted, <laughs> which which meant condemned. You know, he was he was he was guilty supposedly. Even on death row, it's a good thing they didn't. Uh, they, in this case, they didn't kill him. A lot of times, we talk about the uh, the the wheels of uh, justice turning slowly. Well, if he's innocent, certainly a good thing it turns slowly, right? Um, but uh, the judge says, you know, we we don't have, you know, the evidence is, is uh, where there is evidence now that, that, that shows that he's innocent. So so he's declared essentially uh, innocent, or in this case, you know, they, they just don't have sufficient um Uh, They're looking, it's it's an odd thing, but they're looking backwards. They don't have the the evidence, obviously, to uphold the conviction. So they turn him loose. Well, that's that's just, again, similar. But when God says not guilty, that means just what it sounds like. The guilt is taken away. So penalty is removed. And, um, boy, this is a glorious thing. But then we're treated as someone... just as if I'd never sinned. So we're treated as someone who's not guilty of ever having sinned against God. It's an amazing thing. So justification is, uh, is that. It is that legal declaration, um, God declaring us not guilty. And, you know, part of when, when I was... This is kind of a side note here, but I think uh, this is, you know, important. Guilt, guilt is real. You know, I I just, and of course I knew this was out there. I mean, it's a big thing in our day in in psychology that um, to downplay it and say that it's not even, not just downplay it, but to say that it's not even real. It's just a social construct. You know, in other words, if you feel guilty, um, there's something to blame for that that, that, other than you. I mean, somebody made you, somebody did something to you, made you feel guilty, or somebody filled you full of, uh, um, ideas that uh, made you think you were doing something wrong or whatever and so so what so the way that they address that is try to help people get rid of this feeling this this guilt feeling because they think that that's all it is It's just it, it's just a feeling and since it makes you miserable, you need to learn how to overcome that feeling. Well <clears throat> the problem is we, we Guilt is real. I mean, there, we, we are actually guilty. We don't just feel guilty. We, we actually have guilt. Because, as Paul um, says very clearly in Romans 3, we're all sinners. There's none who does good, no, not one. Everybody's guilty. So, g- guilt is a reality that uh, that has to be dealt with. And, I mean, you can try. You, In fact, you might. You might succeed in getting rid of the guilt feeling, but that won't remove the guilt. So a better way to, to approach that is, is um, deal with not just the guilt, guilty feeling, but deal with the guilt. And this is what, um, what God has done in, um, in providing salvation through Jesus Christ, through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Um, is, is dealing with our guilt. Jesus goes to the cross, dies for our sins, taking, taking our offenses upon Himself and, and then taking the punishment for our offenses upon Himself so that payment is made in full. And so on that basis that, that our sins are paid for, on that basis, God declares us what? Just. Right, right, right. That's, now, you see why I say it? it's something outside of us and apart from us? It's not, it's not a work God's doing in us. It's a declaration made about us based on what Christ has done in our behalf. He died for our sins. He paid for our sins. I want to look at some other passages here where um, Paul talks about this, so let can just stay in Romans. Let's go back to chapter Um, 3. R.C. Sproul, um, and and still thinking about guilt here, uh, said he likes to ask, and this is a good question, um, ask people, um, what do you do do with your guilt? You know, unbelievers, what what do you do with your guilt? Because if it's not taken away in Christ, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? And of course, as I said, uh, I think the biggest thing going on right now is just denying it. I I just uh, I you know, I Googled uh, something this morning. Uh, boy, I mean, stuff came up, and that's what it was all about. You know, is that guilt is just a uh, uh, just a feeling that you got to that you got to get rid of, you've got to overcome. Yeah, it's it's uh, like you say. That's that's of course you don't realize that. You know, people don't realize, but that's but that's not where you want to be. You don't want the conscience turned off. <laughs> Not a good thing. That's, it's, it, it, it works, um, I mean, in that sense, in the negative sense, it works like pain. You know, pain, when you got pain, that's because it's trying to tell you something, that, that something's wrong. It's trying to alert you to the fact that something's wrong in your body. And uh, so it's good uh, that you can um, feel pain. It's good that you have a conscience. Now, I'll, I'll say this, too, just to, just to kind of... Uh, um, Hopefully not be misunderstood. Um, it is true that our, our consciences are not infallible, and and we do learn things that are wrong, and so then our conscience is wrongly informed. And Paul deals with that, uh, for example, in Romans 14 or 1 Corinthians 8. Our conscience is ro- is wrongly informed, and 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 through you know right doctrine, sound doctrine, those things do need to be corrected. But what, when I said a moment ago. Um, that we're guilty we're not we don't just have a feeling of guilt but we're we're actually guilty i'm 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 thinking in terms of of sinning against god that everybody there's not a human being alive i'm you know fairly sure fairly certain that that doesn't deal with guilt and it's because we all know what it is to be a sinner and and we we may not even understand it uh you know why we feel guilty but but um everybody bears, uh, again, not only has guilty feelings, but bears actual guilt. Okay, Romans 3. Let me go to (coughs) verse um, 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Now, that's really um, what the, Paul is laying out here. Um, you, can't be, you can't be justified by, by um, that is, declared righteous because of your own, your own works. You, you, it's not earned. All right. so for, again, verse 20, For by the works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, that is, in God's sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Now this is this is why we talk about justification. You hear the phrase justification by faith because we 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 are um, say it this way: we are declared righteous by God in response to our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and Paul will go on here to to uh, use Abraham as an example, but again, verse twenty. 24, 20, 23, I'm sorry. For all have sinned, there it is, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right. so every one of us are sinners and yet, uh, Paul says here, we're justified by, by God's grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. so so again, it's a it's a declaration about us because here he's talking about all he's talking about sinners, right? Everybody has sinned, and that's not that's not changing. I mean, in justification, it's not that it makes us sinless, but it is it is a declaration that we are, sinless, we are not guilty. And how can, that be, how can that be right? How could God do that? Because again, it's based upon the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all um, who believe. Again, verse 24. Let's read down a couple more here. And are ju- we're justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. Everybody remember what that means? We talked about that a few weeks ago. It's the idea of bearing away, uh, taking away our sin, and bearing the punishment. So Jesus was put forward, God put Him forward as a propitiation by His blood, that is through His death, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just (laughs) and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, um, God sets Jesus, puts Him forward as the propitiation for our sins, that is, uh, he bears our sins, and he bears the penalty for our sins. And by doing that, God's righteousness is demonstrated. Now, now, why is why is Paul concerned with God's righteousness here? Um, let me let me let me um, illustrate it this way, hypothetical, although this does unfortunately happen at times. But suppose you, you, you take a, a, a criminal who's guilty and, and all the evidence is, is um, conclusive. You know, this guy's committed this heinous crime. Let's just say it's a murder. You've got, you got a man that's com- committed this heinous crime, a murder, and he goes before, he goes to court and he goes before the judge and the judge stands up and slams the gavel down and says, not guilty. And all the evidence is there, and they caught him red-handed, and he's, he's, as we say, guilty of sin, right? And it's obvious, and the judge slams the gavel down and says, not guilty, and the guy walks. What would we be saying about that judge? Hmm? He's, he's still guilty, but he would be, not by according to the law, I mean, he'd be justified, in other words, he's set free, and we'd be saying, that is an unjust Judge that judge is unrighteous that's what Paul is concerned with here so he says here's here's he's explaining why God is not unjust although he justifies people who are guilty something he himself says in the Old Testament he would not do justify the ungodly so, I mean paul's Paul's on are um, you know those who might be objecting are, are, are on in one sense their own scriptural grounds here. Wait a minute, God said you know declares that to be an abomination you know to justify the ungodly, and yet that's the that's the gospel message that sinners are made righteous. So Paul is concerned with the question here: How can God do that? How can God declare us justified and? himself remain just. And he's given the explanation here. He, he Again, let me go back to verse um, 24. <clears throat> We're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. That is, again, reference to his death. So, as Leslie said... Um, Somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to die. The wages of sin is what? Death. So somebody's got to die. Penalty has to be paid. I mean, you can't just, and people would like it today if we were preaching, you know, oh, God will just sweep that under the rug. Don't worry about it. But he won't do that because he's righteous, because he's just. He's not going to overlook sin. He does not overlook sin. He hates sin. And he's not just going to sweep it under the rug. So again, the question is, well then, how can he justify sinners? How can he justify sinners and himself remain just? And so Paul says, well, this is how, by putting Christ, Jesus, forward as a propitiation for our sins. So that is, Jesus bears the punishment Pays the penalty. So the penalty is getting paid, in other words. By His blood, the penalty is getting paid. This was to show, he goes on to say again in verse 25, this was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. In fact, from the beginning of history, well, from the fall, from from the fall of Adam and Eve until Christ goes to the cross... It looks like God is sweeping things under the rug. In his forbearance, he overlooked past sins, or he had passed over former sins. So it it looks like, um, you know, something, justice is not being um, met here. But, Paul says, uh, he put forth Jesus as a propitiation for our sins, to show or to demonstrate God's righteousness. In verse 26, it was to show, again, or to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. That is sinners. So, um, God's justice is demonstrated in the fact that the penalty for sin is met in full in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. All of the sins that that you and I have committed, ever will commit, God's not winking at those. He's not overlooking them. He's not saying... In fact, to to imply that um, diminishes what Jesus did at Calvary. Because he paid the price for them and he paid it in full. And God's justice is is demonstrated in the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ um, in his substitutionary atonement for our sins. Verse 27. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By law of works? No. But by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith. That is, that is the instrumental means that God uses to justify It's not that our faith is, is a, a work that earns us justification. Faith itself is, is a gift from God, and, and it, is the, it is the means that God uses um, to justify us. For we we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. In other words, again, Paul is making the point that it's all of grace. It's the gift of God. You didn't work for it. You don't earn it. You can't work for it or earn it. There's nothing that you can do that God is going to be so impressed with he's going to say, not guilty. I mean, you just made up for everything, every wrong thing you ever did. You just wiped out. Your whole history of sin, not going to happen. But what Jesus did at the cross um, does do just that because His righteousness is put to our account. And so we are declared just, again, not based on what we do, but based on what He has done. Okay. Um, Well, I, I can't talk about this with looking at the, the words of David here. Let me, let's, go, let's go into chapter 4, and let, let me read down a few verses here. We're still talking about justification by faith. Paul is here in chapter 4. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, and Paul's still making his case here, making the argument justification is not by works. It's by faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 2. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. So in other words, if it was if it was really um, achieved through works, that would just be God paying wages. But Paul's saying that's not what's happening here. Um, this is grace. Our justification is grace-based. Verse 4, Now to the one who works, his wages are not, not counted as a gift but as his due, and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, And there, and there, and there it is again, God justifies the ungodly. His faith, the one who believes in Him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So it's just like Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was counted in him as righteousness. Now Paul's saying, the one who believes in Him, that is, believes God, same, same thing Abraham did, um, the one who believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now he switches to David as an example uh, in talking about these things. Verse 6, Just as David also speaks of the blessings of the one to whom God counts righteousness, uh, God counts righteousness apart from works, and here he's quoting David, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. So, you are you're, you're see, you're, see, the sin is there. The guilt is there. It's not that we're less guilty, but it's not counted against us, those who are in Christ, because of what Christ has done in our behalf. And so, we're declared just you might say well wait a minute again now how can god declare us not guilty if we're in fact guilty because we are in fact guilty but because the declaration the justification is and this is exactly what paul's saying here is not based on what we do or what we have done it is based upon what christ has done so he declares us just based upon the payment that Christ has made for our sin. The penalty is paid in full. The debt is wiped out. Gone. Paid. (laughs) And that's why David says, hey, the person who experiences that is blessed, happy. Blessed are those who... L- whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count sin or, or will not impute sin. He doesn't, he doesn't put it to our account. He doesn't count it against us. Isn't, isn't that good? Amen. That's, and that's justification. You're declared just before God, as Brother Attaway was saying. In right, you're declared in, to be in right standing with God because of what Jesus um, has done. Those whom He called, He also justified. Those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? Verse 31, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge... Now, here here we are, back to the, uh, the legal part again. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That is, God's chosen, like we've been talking about. It is God who justifies. See what Paul is saying? We are justified. It's a gift of God, Paul says, by His grace. We're justified through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, God does that. Paul's saying... Who's going to overturn that ruling? It's God that justifies. Then who can condemn? Verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all thing, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we've been, we've been declared just. A, you know, a, a legal declaration has been made by God himself justified based on what Jesus has done in our behalf. Now Paul says, what do we say to these things? <laughs> well, <laughs> who can condemn us? If, if God did this, if God knew you before the foundation of the world and predestined you to be adopted and to be conformed to the image of His Son, and in time He called you to Himself, bringing you out of sin, out of darkness, into light, into His kingdom, and justified you. That is, He declared, based on what Jesus did, He declared you not guilty and will ultimately glorify you. I mean, Paul's so sure of that, he puts it in the past tense there. Whom He justified, He also glorified because it's a done deal. Now, if God's done all that from start to finish, from from foreknowledge in eternity past to glorification in eternity future. If God has done that, Paul is saying, then who can condemn you? Who can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? And the answer is no one. No one. It's a gift of grace. Ma'am? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Amen. Not anything. In fact, verse 38, For I am sure, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because who can undo what God has done? So, justification is a big deal. When, when, God, when God declares us not guilty, that is irreversible. When God decrees something, done deal. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, wow, there's more here. Any, any comments on that? Or any any thoughts on that? I'm going to mention something on justification here, but I think we're probably going to do our discussion on it, uh, you know, really talk about it next week because we're fast running out of time. But I, but I will say this, um, and this is one of the things I want us to keep, you know, in mind as, as a distinction. Justification is, is an instantaneous, it's an act of God, right? I mean, it's, God declares us just in response to our faith, which, as I mentioned earlier, He, he gives us. Uh, God calls us to Himself. That's part of the, part of the, um, you know when He brings us to Himself, He grants faith, and and then we, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, just like we just read about Abraham here. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted it was counted to him as righteousness. So we believe God, uh, we come to faith in Christ, and it's counted to us as righteousness. So we're declared just. That's that's instantaneous, and it also as I mentioned earlier. Um, I didn't leave myself much room up here, but it's so justification is instant, right? And also, it is um, totally uh, it 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 is a declaration about us that is it, it, or let me say it this way something done totally apart from us. So it, it's uh, it's outside and apart from us. All right, Just a couple of characteristics of justification. Because it's a, it's a legal declaration, not something God does in us or on us. Sanctification, on the other hand, is not instant. Usually when we talk about, you know, sometimes it is used that way. Um, sometimes the, the New Testament will talk about our, our being sanctified and it, it means just being set apart for God. But when we talk about sancti- the the process of sanctification, like we were or like we we're referring to tonight, being conformed to the image of Christ, that is a process. So here's where there's an important distinction between sanctification and justification. Um, justification is instant, instant dec- legal declaration by God. Sanctification is a process, and it is not outside and apart from us. It is a work on the inside of us. God does it in us. It's, it's a work God is doing in us. One more distinction. I don't have time, room to write it up here, but, but justification is totally God. Totally. It's a declaration He makes about us. Sanctification, we there, we cooperate, right? Because God... Um, just like we've been talking about with the Great Commission, Jesus says, Go into all the world, make, uh, make disciples. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. All right? That's, that's sanctification. Living in obedience to Christ. Conforming on an on a, on a ongoing, continual basis. Conform, learning by God's grace to conform, um, uh, to learning to obey Him and being conformed more and more to His um, to His will. So sanctification is a process, and it is it is a work that God is doing in us, and it's something that we cooperate in. We we obey, um, we learn to obey, and um, justification on the other hand is instant, totally a work of God. Um, and, uh, and it's and it's done outside and apart from us those, those are some important distinctions uh, to make permanent yeah and one reason it's important you know to make those and uh, Ronnie's the only one I know of for sure here that has this background but but in the in the Roman Catholic Church they, they confound these two and they make, they make uh, justification a, a process. Um, so they, they, they essentially confuse it with sanctification. That's, um, so, long story, but at any rate, um, when, when they speak of justification, they're, they're talking about, um, on the one hand, they're talking about literally becoming righteous, which we're not talking about. We're talking about being declared just based on Christ's righteousness. And then on the other hand, uh, as well, they speak of it as being a process. Now, that's sanctification, not justification. Justification is done. Um, we, are, we are declared righteous. Our sins are not imputed, as we just read, because of what Christ has done in our behalf at the cross. But then, then learning to mimic Christ, learning to live the Christian life, the godly life, that's a process that takes, oh, what, six months? <laughs> if you didn't get that joke, we're going to pray for you, okay? Come on. No, that's a lifelong process. That's a lifelong process, sanctification. So, you know, from the moment that you're born again until you die, you're going through the process of sanctification. If you live five minutes as a Christian or if you live 100 years as a Christian, um, you will not complete the process of sanctification until we leave this world. So sanctification is a lifelong process. Justification is instant. I think that's all we're going to have time for. Any other thoughts on that before we dismiss? Let's just suppose, for example, we we talked about this before in other contexts, but let's just suppose that it was just our past sins that Jesus took care of. So let's let's just say at the point of regeneration, at the point that you're born again, all of your past sins are wiped out. And suddenly you're in a, a state of neutrality, all right? How long would that last? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It would be more like a nanosecond, if that. I mean, you, you know, it, it, we have, it, it's all of grace, but we, we, can't, we can't go one nanosecond, as I said, um, without God's grace, without, without sinning. Uh, we, we, are, we are totally dependent on, on the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness, Christ's righteousness imputed to us. If it's left to us at any point, it's over. There's no hope. But, again, this is another where we differ from uh, Roman Catholic theology, but he paid the debt in full. There's nothing left for us to pay. You don't have to work it out in, in, in the sense of earning. We work out our salvation. Paul said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But, but he's not talking about earning salvation. He's talking about living it out. Um, you know, living a godly life. But th- there's nothing that we can add to what, what Jesus did. So, I mean, you, 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 there's, no, you don't, there's no need to go to purgatory and suffer. The sufferings of Christ. Are sufficient. I guarantee you, is sufficient for every sin of every believer in every age. And it's a good thing He doesn't need our help because <laughs> we'd be in trouble if He did. Well, let's pray and we'll we'll dismiss. Father, again, we thank you for these precious truths, Lord. Um, of Your grace, your, your mercy toward sinners, toward us. What we have earned is Your wrath. And if You left us to ourselves, we, we, that's, that's all we are capable of earning. We uh, know You. We know the truth. We stand justified this night because of Your grace, because of what You've done in our behalf through the atoning work of Jesus. Lord, we want to thank You for that. Lord, may we live out however long we have in this world, living to the praise of Your glory, giving thanks to You. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.